to the Birdo Tapes, where we have an in-depth look at some of the members of our pod and ask the deep questions that is plaguing everyone's minds. And our first guest on the Birdo Tapes is Johnny Howard. Johnny Five, better known as J-Cat. J-Cat, everyone wants to know, what does J-Cat mean? Where did it come from? J-Cat is short for Stimson J-Cat, and that was a nickname coined by you and your brother uh, for me, eighth grade, something like that, eighth grade, ninth grade. Like, it's it's been around that long. So, But why? It's nonsense. What's wrong with us? Why, why is your nickname Birdo? And why is Rob's name, nickname Catman? <laughs> now, the question is, does anyone else call you J-Cat other than us? A bunch of people do. Like, it, it, it's just kind of permeated my whole life. Um, for, a, for a while there, I, uh, I wore it. Like, I played flag football, and on the back of my jersey was J-Cat. So, uh, you know, I, I live. I am the J-Cat uh, when I pull on this mask, you know. <laughs> so... I'm very proud of that. That's that's awesome, J-Cap. Well, look, we've heard a lot about your past on this pod. Any fan would know. You talked about growing up in the trailer park, time spent with your mum mum, and being the only member of the podcast with a rat tail. <laughs> Who do you think was your biggest influence growing up that's led you to where you are today, J-Cap? Oh, biggest influence to where I am today. Um, that is a, that's a really good question. Actually, I don't know if I could honestly pinpoint it towards one person, right? Who's had such a, like a profound influence on me. And I say that because I've been fortunate enough to be around people who have inspired me, who have motivated me to do my best, uh, who have looked out for me, who've been there for me, you know, when maybe I wasn't on the right track, so to speak. Just for instance, in fifth grade, my homeroom teacher, uh, Dr. Marvin Morris, everyone had heard like these horror stories about him, that he was super mean and he was strict in the classroom and things like that. So I was scared to death going into fifth grade, right? Dr. Morris ended up being one of the you know, greatest teachers I've ever had, somebody who inspired me to go to college to become a teacher. Now, obviously, I'm not a teacher now. But I can definitely look at Dr. Marvin Morris and say he inspired me, one, to go on to be a teacher, but he also pushed me to be better in the classroom. And from my fifth grade year on, I became an honor roll student um, because of how he ran the classroom, um, his passion for what he did, how he cared for you, um, how he used discipline. Discipline is not something you do to somebody. It's something you do for them. So he helped me create self-discipline um, that I use to this day and that I built upon since I was a young man. So I'd say it all kind of started out like going outside of my family. I can specifically remember um, the impact that Dr. Marvin Morris had on me. That's interesting because it was such a young age, fifth grade. And I think most people want to say someone in their family, but I'm glad you shared that because that's something I certainly didn't know about you and uh, led you to, to be the J-Cat that you are today. So talk about self-discipline. You played high school football. You were a starting quarterback for two, maybe two years and change. And you also mm -hmm. played college football, which is no easy task. I'm sure you learned a lot on and off the field. There's a lot of controversy around football and the injuries and head injuries. But what's the biggest takeaway from football? What did you learn the most about being 
on, under the Friday Night Lights? I learned how to operate as part of a successful team. I've learned that in any aspect of your life, for the most part, you are going to be in a team setting in some aspect, whether it be uh, in your professional life, working as a member of a team for a larger corporation, uh, whether that be in your married life, you are a team with your spouse um, and the larger scope of your team are the in-laws and, and things of that nature. So I learned how to operate within the framework of a team. I under, I, I was able to learn that the best thing you can do for your team is accept the role and responsibility that is given to you and do your best to play that role and excel in that moment. And upon doing that, you set yourself up for an evolution of a role. The next step in, you know, in your career in that aspect. Um, and the best way to always support your teammates is to make sure that you do your job. Yeah, I think there's a lot of lessons that can be learned in sports amongst other activities. But I think sports have a lot of life lessons that we take with us for our whole, oh, whole life. Absolutely. I, I'm a huge advocate of not only football but youth sports in general, um, allowing kids to fail in an environment where they have the opportunity to get right back up and learn again. Um, I think it's vitally important um, for kids to learn those lessons in a space where they feel comfortable enough and, and, and to be vulnerable and, you know, to cry if you have to cry, you know, to, to have those days where, you know, it's just not going right for you on the practice field, but then you have somebody, a coach, a teammate or somebody like that who puts their arm around you and tells you, you know what, you can do this, you can do better. Um, that also is, is vitally important. I think uh, youth sports in the United States are both a gift and a curse right now because of some of the outside shenanigans that parents bring to the youth sport world and the wonderful volunteers who are out there umpiring, officiating, and coaching our kids sometimes they're pushed away because of that. So the landscape right now, I wish youth sports in this country were a little bit less um, like a, a spectacle that they become. I agree. I agree. All right. On to some later topics, J-Cat. There's no doubt you're a fan favorite. I mean, the talk about the pod is J-Cat. A lot of comments about you, your picks, your stories, and you do very well in our drafts. So without giving too much away, What's the strategy? What's your secret? My strategy is as such. I like to use the draft as a way to explore and express myself in different ways. I fancy myself a multifaceted person. Many aspects of my personality. There's a plethora of things that I'm into, you know, like comic books, you know, uh, football, basketball. I'm into cars, I'm into, uh, into guns, I'm into, you know, craft beer, I'm into culinary arts. Like there's so many different things that I'm into. You know, I, I love to read. Uh, I love science fiction. I love historical fiction. Uh, so for me, it's just one of the many things that allows me to explore those other parts of my personality. And because with our topics, you have the ability to, to take it in many different ways. So I think that being open and mindful of the different, you know, aspects of my personality. I draft based on like that. Like I try to come up with an attack. I, I always want to have 
variety and versatility on my team. Whether we're talking about a starting five in basketball or my starting five uh, for a license draft podcast, I want to be versatile. And I think that's that's the biggest thing that I strive for in each of my drafts uh, when I when I'm selecting. Well, that was I was actually going to go into that, that you're a man of many interests. And I think it's how you're connecting so well to so many people because you know a lot about a lot of different things. So you have a plethora of information coming out of you when you make your picks, which I think uh, speaks to you as a person and how you're constantly at the top of the leaderboard, except when you draft Mexican code. But that's for another story. So. But JK, well, like that, that draft was bad. I did, I did really bad. I took hot chocolate and chocolate milk, and I'm still kicking myself for that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to talk about a draft that maybe you felt like you were robbed, but. Uh, we're going to move it along and say, like, on a serious note, though, you're a family man and you're married to the lovely Amy. And um, But as parents, you guys have faced some challenges, especially regarding your daughter and some of her medical needs. And you certainly don't need to go into any specifics, but what type of advice would you have for someone that might be going through something else? Because we have a lot of people now that are like new time, first time parents. So what would you go as you navigated those waters? How would you give them direction? Uh, the biggest thing would be to to lean on your significant other. You're in this in this battle, so to speak, together, right? That's your biggest source of support, right there. In the in the in the instant instant that things are happening, the other thing is, and just understand that you you are your your child's advocate. So at no point is it um, deemed you know inappropriate or you know people don't want to hear you can always ask for a second opinion you can always ask a doctor hey what do you think about this i'm not sure about this you can ask somebody at school hey i i, I don't think that you know we're getting exactly what we need and you can do so in a way where you're not shaming the other parties involved you can you can pay homage or respect to the job that they're doing and things of that nature, but you also must advocate for the care that you might need um, for your child. Um, I know and the other thing, specialist. I know she saw a lot of specialists and had a lot of appointments and all. And uh, I, I know she's thriving, so that must be thrilling. Yeah, and uh, what a lot of people don't know is Keaton, my son, shares the same diagnosis. He just has not, knock on wood, been affected in the same ways as Rowan was. It's uh, that in itself also kind of, you know, is is a little bit different, too, because Keaton was doing things at a at a quicker rate than what Rowan was. Um, so we thought he was good. Uh, and but it turned out like he needed a little bit of speech help uh, last year. And he's improved greatly. He's not doing that anymore. But from, you know, from some of the trials and, and some of the things that Rowan went through, like we thought. Keaton was like passing with flying colors and it turned out he needed some help in some specific area. So that was kind of new to us as well. Interesting. So J-Cat, you're a dad, man. What's your favorite thing about being a dad? Daddy, daddy, daddy. When I come in that door, it there is no other feeling like it. It's amazing. All the stress of the day, all that angst and, and all that stuff, it, it, even if it's momentarily, you know, because the way of the world and the stresses, you know, we're pulled in so many different directions uh, in the life that we live. But for that singular instance and those moments surrounding that greeting, 
Uh, it's and it's great. It's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, one thing I've always said is um, there's no word in the English language that describes the the feeling. It's the it's the most love, the most terrifying, the most joyful and frustrating, and the greatest thing, but also scariest thing. It, there's no word. It's just yeah, it's the range, of, but it's it's that's the greatest. So, Jcap, you've talked a lot about food on this podcast and your love for it. But some people might not know. You've mentioned it, but some people might not know that you're currently on your own journey. And uh, yeah, we're working on some lifestyle changes, some exercise routine. Like, talk about that, man. What's going on? What's your goals? What's the motivation here? Motivation here was or, or has been um, I have battled with my weight my entire life, in all honesty. The only time I didn't have issues with my weight in terms of the way I felt about it or being self-conscious of it was when probably from eighth grade until um, my sophomore or junior year in college when I stopped playing ball and started coaching. And then because I was always so active, there was always a workout to get. There was always a season I was playing. So I kind of counteracted my body's normal, you know, lack of uh, metabolism, uh, so to speak, right? So – Finally, I hit 275, which was the heaviest I'd ever been in my life. And I just basically was like, all right, something's got to change. Um, you know, for my wife, for my kids, for me, I was like, I need to do something. And I need to to go all in on it, so to speak. But I don't need to, to do a... A, a crash fad diet. I don't need to drop 30 pounds in four months and think everything's okay. I went about it very deliberate and very purposeful about easing into it, right? So not overeating simply because I love food, right? So I allow myself to have things all throughout the course of this weight loss journey, but I control uh, my portion size during the week. I'm very regimented with what I eat, um, but I switch it up too. So that keeps me, you know, on balance for that. On the weekends, I let go a little bit. But the biggest thing for me, and I say like when I battled weight, is because when I was younger, I could go on a crash diet for three months, lose 45 pounds, but then I'd eventually just like gain it back, right? Once I got older, specifically from like 37 on, just dieting alone wasn't doing the trick. I mean, it was a slow, slow process. So I realized that I had to incorporate exercise into the routine. And through this, um, what I started on August 22nd, and here we are. We're all, we're almost to uh, December 22nd, right? In two days, we'll be there, right? Oh, so. Yeah. Yeah, I've realized how much I missed working out, you know, whether it be an outside run down in the basement doing something. I have a I have a treadmill down here. I have a um, I have an exercise bike. I got a total gym. I've got some free weights and stuff like that. I realized that I missed that aspect of it. I love a runner's high. I hate every second of running with a passion but i love the feeling afterwards it's 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 awesome you just feel really really great about it and i've also incorporated like getting back into some entertainment type stuff 
while I'm down here running or working on the treadmill. So I'm watching some shows. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm doing things where I'm basically compounding that time, right? Because we always feel we don't we don't have enough time for ourselves, for our family, whatever it may be. So I'm essentially killing two birds with one stone in that aspect, which makes it more enjoyable. It's a slow process. Uh, I have a year for my goal. My goal is I want to lose 74 pounds. I want to be back down to 200 pounds if I possibly can within a year. If I don't hit that goal, then we're just going to keep on rocking. You know, it might take me a year and a half. I, I don't know what it's going to be, but it, it, it's needed. You know, I'm going to, I'm, I feel better. I look better, uh, in my opinion, in my wife's opinion. And it is about accountability with my own health, my own mortality, and what my role is within my family. I, I need to better. I need, I need to be better. I need to do better. And um, I'm very happy with the results so far. Yeah, man, I, I do want to like, sincerely say keep it up, man. Congrats. Like, keep going, J-Cat. The world needs more J-Cat, so we're not going to end that early. All right, J-Cat, <laughs> rapid fire time. Yeah, yeah. Fire, quick question, quick answer. Okay. Besides you, best drafter on the podcast. Ooh, Eric. Worst pick of all time in our drafts. The friends theme, number one. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. All right. If you could have anyone guest host or, or guest appear on the pod, who would it be? My boy, Egg Shannon, or my boy, Big Show. They're right. avid, avid listeners, avid commenters, avid voters. Nice. Nice. In 1999, you and I got into a fight slash shoving match argument. What was the fight over? We were playing basketball, and I guess we were in a who was better or something of that nature. And then we fake fought and I said, I'll take you to school or something. That was like the next that. question. What did you say to me that will go down in infamy? I'll take you to school. Yes. You did yell at me that you would take me to school. And then we both laughed. <laughs> and we were going, what best are we doing? <laughs> best, best beer. Oh, best beer I've ever had is blind pig from Russian river brewing company. Best game day snack. Wings all day. All right. J-Cat, we're wrapping up here. If you could recommend a podcast, a TV show, movie, book that maybe other people don't know, what Rob would call a deep cut, what's your recommendation for the fans? If fans like like murder mystery uh, type stuff, there is an older series by an author called Lawrence Sanders. It's the McNally series. And it stars um, a guy named Archibald McNally. Uh, it's in West Palm Beach, Florida. And this guy works for his father, who is an attorney. He does discreet, discreet inquiries, uh, inquiries or whatever. He's like a private detective. Um, it's a great book series. I've been reading it since I've been in eighth grade. He's got a ghostwriter now. Um, but if you're into like that, like murder mystery, like sleuthy type stuff, um, mixed with like culinary, like uh, craziness and um, the backdrop of like Florida, uh, Lawrence Sanders, the McNally series is for you. All right. You heard it there, fans. Follow his recommendation. J-Cat, you're a fascinating guy. Great guy. I'm lucky to call you a friend. We've known each other for almost 30 years. What's one thing you want to leave for the audience? Could be about the podcast. Could be about life. Could be about yourself. What do you want, what do you want to end this pod or this uh, Birdo's Tape episode one on? Uh, for everybody, I'd like to leave everybody with this. It is okay to not necessarily reinvent yourself, but to explore other aspects of your life and personality embrace certain things about yourself that you might think are weird 
or you're not open about basically tugging on that string sometimes is absolutely wonderful and and you find comfort in understanding who you are so always seek to be a learner about yourself about the outside world and embrace those quirky things about you because they're just usually from my experience um, they just help you see clearer um, see a little bit brighter uh, and, and bring a little bit more joy to everybody else I, I think that's why you're the you're the fan favorite jcat right there <laughs> you're afraid to be yourself so uh on that note we're going to end this first episode of the birdo tapes and i thank you jcat and there's more to come anytime brother thanks for having me Bye.